Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. You might feel blindsided or like you swallowed a rock that's now sitting in the pit of your stomach. You might feel totally overwhelmed and wonder what comes next. There are very few moments in life that are scarier than getting laid off. But as scary as a layoff may be, there are ways to move forward. I'm Charlotte Gartenberg, and this is As We Work from The Wall Street Journal. Tens of thousands of people have been laid off so far this year, according to data tracker layoffs.fyi. And after your boss announces job cuts, it can be tough to know where to begin. Do you start over with a totally different career? Go back to school? Do you hit up every contact you have so you can get a new job ASAP? Listen, we know everyone's situation will be different. Only you can decide what's right for you. But we do have some advice from the Wall Street Journal's Job Summit. You're going to hear from experts who help workers navigate layoffs and hiring, training and professional development, even the sticky subject of asking for more money. The goal? To help you find your way and come back strong after a layoff. First up, we hear from LinkedIn career expert Catherine Fisher and Brian Liu, the CEO of Rora. Rora helps professionals negotiate their salaries. And they chatted with the Wall Street Journal's Bodia Tue about what to do in the days after if you've been told you're getting laid off, whether it's negotiating severance with your employer or balancing grief with action. Recognize that losing a job is difficult, but you've got more tools in your toolbox than you might think. And a note, the conversations in this episode have been edited for time and clarity. And this was recorded at the Job Summit. So the audio quality isn't always the best, but stick with it. There's some really good advice in here. Here's Bodhi Atwe with Brian Liu and Catherine Fisher. One point that, that you both have brought up is that just the idea that like, you know, it, layoffs in some cases, maybe, you know, there's nothing that you can necessarily do to plan for it. But, but Brian, I want to start with you. Like if you do find out your employment has been impacted, but, you know, what do you do to coach people on maybe the first steps that they should take when they get that email, phone call, you know, invite to the boss's office? Yeah. So I think, you know, the first step is to kind of take a walk, right? Because I think it's an incredibly emotionally and traumatic potentially experience. And so give yourself some space, give yourself some time. During a layoff situation, a company is going to give like, a, a, typically give severance packages and they don't legally have to, um, but they typically do. And as part of that severance package is some sort of contract that they ask you to sign. And with, with the tech recession, we've been able to show that that contract is actually negotiable. And so the severance packages therefore are negotiable and the severance payments amounts, the COBRA benefits, the equity vesting, the termination date, like those things, there's a couple of other, I have like a list of them can be negotiable. And so, you know, I think you want to read the, read the agreement when you're not emotional and then, and then figure out how to negotiate it. Catherine, you know, the job market, it's really interesting at times uh, based on the stories that we have. What, what tips do you have to sort of keep people motivated in the search especially if their employment was recently terminated. It might be hard to sort of just jump back into finding employment. It's maybe harder now than it was like maybe three, four months ago or even a year ago. 
Yeah. And as, as Brian mentioned, it's really important to, to allow yourself that time, you know, to grieve, right? Like this is a very stressful time. A lot of our identities are wrapped up in our jobs, uh, your livelihood. And that is absolutely uh, understandable. It is a, incredibly stressful. And if you're approaching the job search, if you've been laid off, you will know kind of like how much time you have personally where you you have to bring in income. Um, someone, uh, one of, I, I was speaking with some of our LinkedIn members and, and this one woman talked about how she had her emergency kit. So she knew, okay, in the first 30 days, I have time to do X, Y, and Z, but like after about 90 days, I need to, I really need to bring in some, some cash. So the first thing I would do is, is before you get, you know, if you are vulnerable of getting laid off, like really think about what that emergency kit looks like for you. So you know how, how much time you have for this search. And then as you approach the search, make sure that you're not just, you know, all of a sudden spending 50 hours a week to, to job search. You don't need to spend that much time. What you want to do is round it out. You want to be really spe have specific goals. Like, let's say you say, I'm going to reach out to five people a week and who are in my network and ask them for, you know, 15 minute coffee chat to ask them about, you know, if, if what their industry is hiring, et cetera. So make really specific goals. And then, so that is like the networking part of it. The next part of it is, taking a look at your skills, matching that with the, the roles that are of interest to you, seeing where, where is there an imbalance? What skills do you need to acquire that you don't have to get that next job and start learning? Do online courses, think about how you, uh, you know, experience you have outside of work could actually play into this and then start storytelling. How do you sell yourself? How do you make sure that your resume, your profile comes up on the top. And this is all about how you're positioning yourself. It's about how you have shown impact to the company that you've worked with. It's about how you've applied your skills to, to really deliver value. So again, compartmentalize that job search, give yourself time, lean on the network, learn and connect. So taking the time to process a recent layoff before beginning a new job search can not only support your emotional health, it can also get you in the right headspace to start again. And when you're ready to start again, it doesn't necessarily have to be so scary. Give yourself time to find what you want and know your story again, or figure out if you're going to make yourself a new one. But as Katherine Fisher said, you may have to adapt your skills or learn some new ones, which you totally can do. 20 years ago, that might've meant going back to a college classroom. Now you can do a lot of that online. We hear from the leader of the online learning platform, Coursera, about what training up for your next job looks like. That's after the break. ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. There are a lot of paths to take when looking for a new job after a layoff. One of those paths might involve a total recalibration. What are my interests? What are my skills? And how do I reorient myself to land that next position? You might realize you need a little more training. All right, champ, give me one more. <sighs> no, not that kind of training. Skills training. The kind that will get you hired. 
Jeff Maggioncalda is the CEO of Coursera, an online learning platform that partners with hundreds of universities and companies to offer courses, certificates, and even degrees. And at the Wall Street Journal Job Summit, he chatted with my colleague Chip Cutter about adding tools to your work arsenal and building a stronger resume that can help you pivot after a layoff. Here's part of their conversation. So where are the opportunities right now? You talk about there being new ones. What specific skills seem most relevant at the moment? And how do you make sure you don't go down a path of getting a skill that won't be in demand? Yeah, I, I find sometimes it's helpful to start with kind of what career and then go to skills because the number of skills and the number of tools that are, that are exploding, I mean, it's just so hard to keep track of it all. We, we could talk a little bit about what some of the top skills are, but when we think about the jobs, there's a couple of categories that are, that are really hot. I mean, healthcare is very hot. Nurse practitioners, physical therapists, those in the care economy are uh, doing really well. And then there's many digital jobs. There are digital jobs at advanced levels and also entry levels in, in web development, user experience design, product, cybersecurity, uh, even sales and marketing jobs that are more digital have been really, really popular. So if you're out of work right now and thinking maybe you have to make a pivot to a different field, how do you make sure, though, that you don't go down a path that's going to put you in debt, that's going to cost a lot of money, take your time, and you don't end up with a job on the other side? Are there sort of pitfalls to avoid or red flags to look for before you think about retraining yourself? Definitely. I mean, don't spend a ton of money on a college degree that takes many years to complete and might not get you the job. There are a lot of college degrees that are definitely worth getting, and it's a lot easier to get a job if you have a college degree. But now what's happening is the ability to say, all right, maybe I want to go switch from this career into this one. Being able to say this career can be a good match for my personality. It generally maybe is close to my skill set. But even if it's not, the ability to get skilled up, I mean, we're at Coursera, so I'm a little bit biased by Coursera, but there's lots of online learning sites where not only can you learn skills for, for a new career, uh, our website and others has articles on, on which careers are in high demand, which careers might be right for you. I do think that online is a great complement to a college degree. Mm. And so if you do decide to get that sort of certificate and think about getting new training, how do you best explain that to an employer yeah. if you're doing, if you've got new training that's much different than what you've done professionally in the past? Yeah, we, so we did a, a big survey just like six months ago of employers all around the world in 11 different countries. And we asked them, what kinds of a credential would you be looking for in order to decide whether someone has skills? And of course, you know, people often say a degree. I mean, degrees are still the number one credential people are looking for, but not exclusively anymore. It's not, it's not like you have to have a degree anymore. Number two, uh, they said, I'd like someone to have an industry certificate. And ideally, they would like both. You know, a college degree that shows that you're broadly educated, and then an industry certificate shows that you're deeply skilled in a certain job. So... But I think really what the, the employers are looking for, they're moving more towards skills-based hiring. They're looking for people who have generally the skills to do a job, but a lot of it is what attitude people bring to the workplace as well. Mm. So I want to talk about that because yeah. I think one part of the job search that's really difficult is asking people for help or trying to network in a way that doesn't feel gross or obnoxious. <laughs> How do you go about it? If you're trying to write a note to someone asking them for help, yeah. what do you say how do you phrase it? How do you go about this in a way that feels like it's not being overly intrusive on someone else? Right. I mean, I think it's totally fine to send emails is because all you're really asking for is a warm introduction to the recruiter. And, and so generally what I recommend is, is emails that look like this. Number one, short. Like find someone at a company that you want to work for and write a very short email that basically says this. 
Hi, you know, good to see, talk to you again. I really love the company that you're working at, and I've been doing some research. There's a job in particular that I'd love to apply for. I would appreciate it if you could introduce me to the head recruiter or the head of talent acquisition and forward my material. Mm. For the most part, and it really is kind of a high, and then here's my only ask. Can you just have them pay attention to me? <laughs> you know, just please give me a good look. But ultimately, you're going to have to do the phone screen. You're going to have to go through with the hiring manager, go through all the panels, and perform well in the interview. So it's really not obnoxious to just ask, hey, can you take a close look at my, at my application? Mm. We have a number of you know, new people on the job market, a number of new college grads who will be on the market starting in May. And I wonder what your advice is for them and what the job market looks like right now for new college grads. First of all, recognize that there are new opportunities that, that didn't exist before. And, and, and the biggest one I would start with is remote work. So there are a lot of companies in various regions, maybe they're not in your city, they're maybe not even in your state or your country, and that means that the job opportunities are much broader than kind of what's right in front of you. So I would definitely, you could certainly look at local jobs, but I would also look at broader global jobs, including remote jobs. That would be one thing that would be a little bit different than maybe what people might have been doing three years ago, four years ago. And then the other one is, if you need to develop more skills and even just sort of prepare for the interview process and, and sort of the job prep, there are great resources on Coursera and other p places to figure out what skills you need for a given job, figure out what job might be right for you, figure out what skills might be needed, what kind of credentials could help, what kind of tools you need to learn, what kind of skills you need to learn, um, and even get credentials so that you can prove that you have those skills. So the ability to kind of skill up and get some credentials is also something that's relatively new and has really taken off post-pandemic. So it's not just a college degree anymore, it's broader than that. Jeff says acquiring a new skill isn't limited by where you live on a map. You may want to go online, tap into learning resources to beef up your skills, or maybe get a certificate to recognize the ones you already have. And keep your options open. Your next job could be remote or in a brand new locale. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to people at companies you want to work for. Making those connections may just pay off. But maybe you're not looking for a new job. Maybe you just want to make a little cash on the side. Next time on the show, we're talking side hustles. Before you worry about what your boss might say, check this out. There's actual, honest-to-goodness academic research showing it can make you a better worker at your main job. Nuts. So how do you find a side hustle that will make you and your boss happy? That's next week. Like the show? Tell your friends to subscribe. And give us a five-star review on your favorite platform. As We Work is a production of The Wall Street Journal. This episode was produced by Jess Jupiter. Jonathan Sanders is our booking producer. Scott Salloway is our supervising producer. Jessica Fenton and Michael Laval are our sound designers. Jessica Fenton composed our theme music. Editorial support was provided by Falana Patterson. I'm Charlotte Gartenberg. See you next time. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.